Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. There's an inscription attached to the wall of a tomb in the ancient Italian city of Pompeii that's not honoring the deceased. Far from it. It reads, in translation, Stranger, stay a short while if it is not too troublesome, and learn what to avoid. This man, who I hoped was a friend of mine, brought prosecutors to me and instigated proceedings. I am grateful to the gods and my innocence. I am free from all trouble. He who deceived us, may he not receive the household gods nor the underworld. This perhaps petty piece of archaeological graffiti is known as a curse tablet. It was written by an ex-friend of the deceased and put on display for the whole city to read after his death. Though it might seem strange today, writing cursed tablets was a common practice in ancient Rome and Greece. But what was the purpose of these objects, aside from the obvious, and who was writing them? Today, we're talking all things cursed tablets. Cursed tablets essentially did what the name implies— They were objects, usually from ancient Greece and Rome, upon which somebody wrote a curse. For the article this episode is based on, Haustoffworks spoke with Dr. Stuart McKee, a scholar of Roman history at Durham University in the UK. He said, The standard definition is that their intention is to influence, by supernatural means, people and animals against their will. This definition was originally put forth by the late David Jordan, former director of the Canadian Institute in Greece. All sorts of objects, from shards of pottery to scraps of papyrus to graves, could be turned into curse tablets. McKee said, There's one really cool one that was written on a lamp. But the most common curse tablets by far were written on thin scraps of lead. Lead is a byproduct of silver mining, which was a major source of wealth in ancient Greece and Rome, uh, particularly in the Greek city-state of Athens. This means that there was a lot of extra lead lying around at the time. The ancient Romans frequently used it as a cosmetic or to line their drinking vessels and pipes, which we know today to be a kind of curse in itself, as lead poisoning is no joke. But they also used it to inscribe messages, especially ones to the gods— Scholars think that the choice of lead as a writing material was part practical, lead is soft and therefore easy to scratch marks into, but also part aesthetic. Haustoffworks also spoke with Dr. Britta Ager, a classicist at Arizona State University. She said, You get the sort of silvery, fluid-looking line against the oxidized surface of the metal. It just looks magical. Cursed tablets had bursts of popularity across Greek and Roman history. But when they were fashionable, they were ubiquitous across social classes and situations. Wealthy politicians would sometimes curse their political rivals or the opposing party in a legal battle. Working-class folks would curse thieves, murderers, their crushes, or the chariot racing team that they wanted to lose. There are records of enslaved people using curses. The wealthy and educated could, of course, handwrite their own curses if they so chose, but many folks may have relied on a third party for their cursing needs. Ager said, if you weren't literate enough to write one of these, you could go to a professional who would do it for you. These local magicians acted kind of like contract attorneys, drafting up curse templates for their clients and letting them fill in the blanks. 
Archaeologists have even found cursed tablets where the name of the person being cursed was slightly too long to fit in the blank. The letters had to be smooshed together as a result. And, of course, where there are curses, there are counter-curses. McKee described it as a sort of magical arms race. Amulets to ward off curses, like the evil eye, were, and still are, popular in many parts of the world. Some cursed tablets detailed protective measures in case the cursed person discovered the spell and decided to retaliate. And other cursed tablets even included clauses to ensure that the curse circumvented popular protective measures. So when did cursed tablets go out of fashion for good? The answer depends on how you look at it. By the 4th century, cursed tablets in the Roman Empire were becoming scarce. The answer depends on how you look at it. By the 4th century CE, cursed tablets in the Roman Empire were becoming scarce. McKee said, In some of the later Roman law codes from Constantine onward, you do start to get much more heavy policing of religious options, and also, you know, culture changes. However, the basic human feelings, uh, powerlessness, frustration, jealousy, and anger that drove people to write cursed tablets never went away. Take, for example, Twitter, which some would argue is absolutely cursed. Back in 2016, British Twitter users took their political frustrations to the internet in the immediate aftermath of the Panama Papers reveal. For several days, the hashtag CurseDavidCameron was trending, attached to messages like this one from user MrTickle3, May every sock you wear be slightly rotated, just enough for it to be uncomfortable. Whether or not those Twitter users actually believed they were going to curse the then-British Prime Minister, the message was clear. This person had done harm, and they wanted justice, be it divine or online. In that sense, McKee and Ager say, regardless of religious belief, we all still use curses. McKee said, it's only a short step from spreading malicious gossip about someone to writing a curse. Today's episode is based on the article, Ancient Folks Didn't Have Twitter, But Boy Did They Have Curse Tablets, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Joanna Thompson. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang and Ramsey Young. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.